Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Woo! Hey, well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, how are we doing? You doing good? You feeling good? You're looking good. Come on, you're welcome. Hey, what a great morning. Um, praise God, we're here. And uh, hello to everybody online. Tune in. Do you know that there's a bunch of people online? Can we give it, can we give it up for the guys online tuning in? Yes. Shout out to you guys. And um, it is always a privilege and a joy to get to share around God's Word. We're back in our series, Jesus Over Everything. And I wanna look at Jesus over death uh, this morning. And really, I'd love just, just to encourage hope uh, and strength in all of us today. So if you have your Bible, uh, I'm gonna read just a, a few scriptures. We're gonna jump right across to Mark chapter 15, and then also we'll skirt across to Mark chapter 16. And, and uh, let's see what the Lord has to say for us today. Does that sound good? Come on, I'm enjoying the vocal feedback this morning. Just keep that up and uh, that'll bless me. Here's what it says. Uh, At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma shebachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them uh, ran and filled a sponge of sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see where Elijah comes to take him down. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, when the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the Son of God. Just across to Mark 16 from verse one to seven, it says, Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary mother of James and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus's body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll the stone for us uh, from the entrance to the tomb? But, this, but, when, but as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He's, come on, he's, don't be alarmed. He, He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you. Hey, in the time that we have together, not long, about two and a half hours, three max, I promise I won't preach any longer than three hours. (laughs) If you're taking notes, I'm calling this talk this morning quite simply, he got up. He got up, he being... Jesus, He got up. Let's pray. Come on, Father, we thank You today for Your presence in this house. 
Thank you, Lord, that you're here. We thank you for your Word that's alive, that's active, that is sharp, sharper than a double-edged sword. God, your Word has the ability to get into the spaces and places in our hearts and lives that perhaps nothing else can. Father, we pray that as your Word goes out today, both in the room and online, God, we pray that it would establish that which it sets out to establish. Father, challenge us today. Speak to us, those of us who are carrying heavy burdens. Let your Word just come like the wind and just lift off heavy burdens. Father, let this not just be transactional, but let it be transformative. Transform us, we pray in Jesus' Name. And someone said... Oh man, come on, he got up. It sounds like a hopeful headline, doesn't it? Um, hope, a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. And in my case, the feeling and desire for the Springboks to defeat the mighty England yesterday at Twickenham, which, you know, you know, in rugby, you know, when you lose, which we did yesterday, I was very upset about that. One point, one point, Ed, that's right. In rugby, we say great game. I got a lot of texts, people saying great game. But, you know, really, truly, I was fuming, you know. I was a bit, I was very, very upset. Uh, but hope, you know, the former um, Archbishop of Cape Town, Desmond Tutu, he said about hope, he said, um, hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. And I certainly wasn't seeing hope at yesterday's game. I've got to say up until the last five minutes, perhaps, maybe not. I love the words of the Apostle Paul, who, who says to the Corinthian church, he says, he says, three things will last forever, faith, hope and, and love. You know, hope is something that we don't see. You know, we can't see it. It's something that isn't present because the moment hope becomes present, there no longer is anything that we can hope for. Oh, well, if you can't see it, how do you know you're looking at it? Glad you asked. I'm finding that, you know, there are some things in life that you just need to see with your heart. There are some things that, that, that you can't see with the eyes um, of, of, of your body. I heard someone say just a couple of days ago, the eyes of your head give you sight and the eyes of your heart give you vision. And I know that for some of us, you know, that when we look at the landscape of our lives, perhaps there is little to no hope. And even the subject of, of death that stirs up all kinds of fear and all kinds of pain and emotion. Maybe, maybe this topic feels looming for some of us in light of the previous season and maybe at the moment in regards to you personally or, or a family member or a friend or someone, you know, you, you hold deep, uh, deeply close to you. But, you know, today's message, Jesus over death, is a message of hope and strength. It is that Jesus, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're feeling or going through, the promise is that He will guide you through. Whatever you're facing today, our Lord will guide you through. And if anything ought to encourage us, if, if we ought to hold on to anything today, it is the death and the resurrection of Jesus. For uh, the Bible says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give His life as a ransom for many. So here's the headline. Here's the news uh, here today. It is that Jesus defeated death and guess what? He got up. He got up. What did he call himself? He said that he's the light of the world. 
And in the opening verse in our text here in Mark 15, this light was about to leave, to leave, to leave the world. And, and God gives, uh, gives the, the, the people a present, a picture of what this, this would look like. He made the sun stop in the middle of the day from 12 o'clock to three in the afternoon. I mean, can you imagine how dramatic that would be if that happened today? If the Lord decided to make the sun stop shining uh, from midday to, to three o'clock noon, which of course is a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, uh, in Amos 8, 9. Um, this would be dramatic, but you know what? This is what they wanted. The Jews often demanded a sign from, from, from God and now they had one. This sign of, of the darkness looming at this moment where Jesus was about to die, it signified the darkness in their own souls and their own eyes and because they were doing their utmost best to extinguish the Son of Righteousness because they loved the darkness much more than they loved the light. And I felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit say, look, it's not that you don't love God. It's not that we don't love God. Sometimes it's simply the fact that we love God and you fill in the gap. Sometimes we love God, but, but, but I also love a bit of this. You know, it's called, it's called syncretism and, and we end up creating idols and, you know, which bring a separation between, between us and God. And, and, you know, the death of Jesus, what it does is it closes the gap. It closes the chasm, it, it seals the gap where you can truly love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, which, which leads to life. And, and death in a spiritual sense means separation from God. But the good news is here enter Jesus. Here comes Jesus who, who never sinned and by shedding His blood on the cross, Jesus took the punishment that we deserved and He offered us goodness. Oh, this, this sounds like a trade to me, our shortcomings, our mishap, where our mishaps where we got it wrong in exchange for His glory, for the crown of God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says this, He personally carried our sins in His body and on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By His wounds, we are healed. What the death of Jesus does is it brings us to God. It brings, us, it brings us to the Father. But then at three o'clock, the Bible says, verse 34, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, Lema, Lema Shabaknani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you can even hear the pain in Jesus' cry. This was so painful for Jesus because up until that moment, He had never known separation from God. This separation from the Father cut deeper than any other wound could. And I don't know about you, but nothing cuts me deeper than when I feel a sense of, of separation from God. About a couple of weeks ago, I, I had a moment, uh, not quite like Jesus, but where I just, you know, felt a separation from God just simply because, you know, it was a day when I was meant to be resting the Sabbath, honour the Sabbath. And I decided to, to do some work and I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to do some work. And, uh, and I just ended up just feeling uh, just so, just, just so dry and empty. My, my, literally my body physically just couldn't bring myself to concentrate, to, to think and to, and to exercise any creative juices whatsoever. And uh, later on that day, I was catching up with a friend of mine who came over. He said, hey, how was your day? And, and, I, and I was telling him, hey, you know, I, you know I, was, I was meant to be relaxing today. I don't know, just putting my feet up. But I ended up working and, and I just 
felt just pain in my body. I just couldn't do it. And, and you know, the Holy Spirit just, just spoke to me uh, through my friend. He said, he said, mate, the point of the Sabbath is that you trust God with this day and trust that He would, that he would provide. And it just dawned on me in that moment. You know, you know, a day when I was meant to just surrender to God and say, God, this is your day. I just ended up doing my own thing and ended up drifting from God. But when I read about the death of Jesus, I'm thankful because even in my separation, God, He draws near. And some of you, you feel like you, feel like you haven't honoured God. You feel like you've messed up even just yesterday. But the good news today is that, is that there is a drawing near for you today. You don't have to be distant. You can, you can come close. He, 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 draws, he draws near. Verse 37 to 38 says, Then Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed His last. And the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Jesus as the final sacrifice, friends, this is Jesus over death. Remember, the temple was where God came to be with His people. However, because He was perfect, you couldn't look at His presence. And so a very thick curtain hung between the holy place and the most holy place. So when Jesus gave up His life for our sins, that curtain, this is so powerful, was split into two. This showed us that God's work of bringing us, the sinful, back to Himself was completed. The Greek word for completed is tetelestai. And back in Jesus' day, they would, they would write this word, tetelestai, on, on receipts to show that the bill had been, had been paid in full. And John's account, he, he, he picks up tetelestai, God's complete work. He summarises it in Jesus' words, it is finished, completed, done, the work of the cross. But hang on a second, time out from the talk. Is that it? Is that it? Is, is Jesus dead? I'll tell you what, those who put Him on the cross would have certainly liked to believe that. But that's not today's headline. That's not today's news online. Come on, today's news is that He got up. It's that Jesus defeated death. It's that He is alive and well today. The headline for every person here this morning who feels like, man, you are surrounded by nothing but darkness. You feel like the light of Christ can't even penetrate your situation. Maybe you feel like you are without hope. Maybe you feel like there is just no way. I came to encourage you today that that, that He draws near. If you've never considered a relationship today with Him, I want you to know that Jesus, through the death and resurrection, He made a way. In fact, He is the way and you are welcome to draw near. Let me think on Sundays. No, anytime. Anytime. Monday, Tuesday, 4 a.m. Some of you pray at 4 a.m. Respect. Anytime you can, you can draw near, you can, you can come into the presence of God because guess what? Jesus paid for that. He paid that we can have access to the Father. Oh, come on. Come on, this is good news. It ought to just get a little bit of a nod in the room. I don't know. I mean, come on, come on. He's alive. Jesus is alive. He's powerful. He's, he's for us. Let me tell you, this is good news. Hebrews 12 too, because of the joy awaiting Him, He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Listen, the story doesn't end there. Let me read these verses from Mark 16. On the way, there, on the way um, Mary 
Mary and Salome, uh, they were asking each other, who will roll the stone away for us uh, to, to enter the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and they saw the stone, which was very large. I love that the Bible, you know, adds just that touch, touch of detail. There. It was very large, just in case you're wondering. Some of you are thinking, well, maybe it was small. No, it was large. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was, it was, a, it was a large stone. Um, I've lost my place where I was. Yeah. <laughs> when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women uh, were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. <laughs> that's, that's the voice as well. Honestly, that's the voice. Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth he, who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something about this stone. It wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out. No, 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 no. It was rolled away so that we could look in. So we could have full view of the empty tomb. So that we would not see death, but so that we would see life. Some of you are looking around and you're seeing that which has died. That which is no longer alive. Maybe a relationship, maybe a marriage, maybe, uh, maybe I don't know, your, your children, whatever, whatever a relationship with your spouse, uh, whatever it is, you're looking around and, and you're looking at nothing but death. But I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, hey, today there's life. Lift your eyes, Gastreet. Come on online, lift your eyes. There's, there's life. There's life in Christ. Oh, lift your eyes, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Worship break. Open the eyes of my heart. Come on, you sing it. I want to see you. Yeah, come on. I want to see you. Sing it again. Open the eyes. Yeah, you two online. I wanna see you. Yeah. I want to see. See you high. Come on. See. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finish it off. Come on. <laughs> this, let me tell you, this is a significant piece of, uh, piece of Scripture because the angel of the Lord silences their fear by assuring them that right now, right here, there is no cause for trembling but for triumph. What you're looking at is a victory. Oh, oh you need to change your perspective because where you're seeing defeat, the Lord would see a victory. Come on, there's, there's a victory here today. I wanna to encourage someone here today that He wants to turn your mourning into dancing, your sorrow into joy. Come on, who's walked in here today feeling a little bit of sorrow? Come on, just lift a hand or two. Yeah, just the joy of the Lord over you guys. Just declare the joy of the Lord. He's, he's, oh, he's, he's turning it around. Just this morning, you were faithful. You got out of bed. Come on. Come on, you walked through those doors. I don't think it was easy for some of you, but you did it. Oh, here's the encouragement of the Lord. He, he will turn your, your, sorrow, your sorrow to joy. The angel speaks of Jesus as the one who was crucified. The scene is over. 
Listen, let's not dwell on the sad circumstances of the crucifixion, but let's believe in the joyful news of the resurrection. He got up, for He was crucified in weakness to be raised in power. Oh, what does this mean for us? Well, it means that the resurrection requires a response. So let me ask you, how, how will you respond? How, how will we respond? It's, impo- it's impossible to truly confront the reality of, of, this, of this powerful moment and walk away unchanged. It's staggering that we can come and, you know, and, and just lift a hand and cry out to God and have a touch from the Holy Spirit and, and walk away unchanged. My prayer is that we would come and our prayer would be, Lord, Lord, change me. Lord, Lord, speak to me. We're not after static experiences at the end of our talks and gatherings in our churches. We're after transformed lives. The Lord wants to transform your life. That's, that's the reality. This is such an explosive event in history that it not only embodied, uh, emboldened the disciples, but it also started the church. It started all of this and guess what? It continues today. The resurrection is the imperative that drives everything that we now do. This message, He got up, is not, hey, come, let's, let's gather at the tomb. No, 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 this message is onwards. It's, 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 it's hey, come on, get up. <laughs> It's, it's onwards and upwards, friends. This is not merely just to clap our hands, experience. Let's not just shout and celebrate the resurrection, but let's respond to it. Let's be a church that is, that is responsive, that would pick up that which the Lord has put on our lives, that would jump in where we need to, that we would sow and give and, you know, would be generous with our time, our energy, our resources, that we, we would jump in. because Why? Because we're responding to the resurrection of Jesus. Let there be, let, let there be a, a, an awakening in all of our hearts this morning because, because the gospel beckons us. Come on, let's pick up our cross. The women were to respond by telling the disciples and the disciples were to respond by obeying the great commission. Let's not memorialize Jesus, but let's trust Him and let's follow Him. Let's follow Him. How do we respond? All my note takers in the room, you can write this down. Number one, let's not just be hearers uh, or readers. Uh, let's... And let's not just be mere readers. Sorry, this book, this book is, you know, it's not enough to, to just read it. You didn't know that, right? It's not enough to, to, just, to just read this book. It's intrinsic to the nature of the story and its demands are that readers not only observe the content, but affectionately respond to it. One theologian put it, Uh, like this, he said, the Bible functions as a kind of script that calls not only for responsive reading, but for responsive action and embodiment. For this is not, if this is just a mere story, then we are more than just neutral bystanders eavesdropping on someone else's conversation. No, this is our conversation. This, This is my conversation with the Lord. These, these people are us. They were fallen, they were broken, they were imperfect, just as we are in the same predicament. Some of them were chasing glory and seeking pleasure. But the more and more that we immerse ourselves in the Scriptures and what God has, has spoken, the more we realise that we're not just being talked about in these Scriptures, but rather we are being spoken to. The Lord is speaking to you. 
to me, to us. He's speaking to those that would have ears to hear. Lord, would you speak to me? Lord, would you say something? You know, and he speaks in various different ways. It's another message, but, but the Lord is speaking to us. Hey, come on, how about the worship team come up and, and we'll wrap this up. Here's the second thing, and this is, this is important. Let's, let's keep our hearts open. The Lord is looking for, for open hearts. In Acts chapter two, Peter, uh, one of Jesus' disciples, he gets up to preach his first sermon with an emphasis on the resurrection, on, on what we're talking about uh, today. And the Bible says in Acts chapter two, verse uh, 37, that Peter's words, as he preached uh, Christ risen, his words pierced their hearts. That is the literal expression in the original Greek, which basically means things got real. Things got real. You know, you, you know when you know when it just you know when it just hits different. When it just when it just hits your heart, just just different things. Things suddenly just just become real. Uh, the deep rumblings of their souls, the complexities of their lives, all the things that go on in the minds of people just trying to make it in this world. They all became exposed. What really matters now mattered to them. And they asked perhaps a question that we ought to ask in response to the death and resurrection of Jesus. They asked, what should we do? What do I do? Okay, you know, I've come this morning, you know, it's awesome. You know, it's powerful. You know, it's heard some great stories, but what do we do? They knew something had to happen. Something had to be different. You know, when you just know that something needs to change, you know, that feeling like something just needs to change. Like you just know that you know. And that's the reality of the resurrection. It presses those who hear about it. The gospel presses us. It ought to press us. It ought to cause a stir and a rumbling and it ought to bring some sort of chaos into our lives. You know, because for most of the time, our lives do have a certain order and, you know, tradition and the way that we do things, but the gospel ought to dis just bring some disruption. <laughs> just, it ought to just get our hands just a little bit dirty. You know, it ought to take us into places perhaps where we wouldn't normally to go. It ought to cause us to build friendships with people that are completely different to us. It ought, to bring, it ought to bring a unity that only Christ can. Woo, I can keep going. Another hour, come on, thanks Ed. Uh, that would be the last time you hear from me. <laughs> uh, here's the last thing, receive and believe. That's what we could do maybe to respond as we can receive and believe. I love the words in Acts chapter 13, verse 38 to 39. Brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in Him is declared right with God. This message spoken extends to the lives of those who hear it. The death and resurrection of Jesus means that we can be forgiven for our sins. I talk to so many people who feel like, who, who, who are just like, oh, you know, I can't come to church. You know, I'll just burn as soon as I walk through the building. <laughs> I have those conversations all the time. But, the death and resurrection of Jesus means that there's forgiveness for you. If, if that's you and you're here today, there's, there's a place for you at the table. You can, you can eat here. 
If we've drifted away, if there's been distance, there's, there's a place for us. This is, not a, this, this is not entertainment. This is not a story for advice or just some religious musings, you know, disconnected from the real world. This is an invitation to not merely listen, but to believe, to trust, to have expectation that God wants to do something in your life. This is our response where we shed the skin of neutrality sitting on the fence and begin to embrace the wonder of, of the message of Jesus Christ. There's hope this morning. He got up. He's alive. Come on. Yes. Yeah, He's alive. This is good news. Receive Him. Believe Him. Embrace Him. How will you respond? Jesus got up so we could get up. So come on, let's get up. Come on, Gas Street. Come on, who's ready? Come on, stand to your feet. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Let me just, I'll just do this and then I'll take my seat. I'll just invite those perhaps who, who, who don't have a relationship with Jesus. Just send out an invitation to you. Maybe you've once known it. Maybe there's maybe this chasm, this distance that I talk about. Maybe that's where you're at. You know, you're feeling a, a separation from God. And I don't know, today, you know, I reckon this is your day where you can, you can say, you know what? I'm in. Thank you, Lord, for your death and your resurrection. There's life for you. There's hope for you. Maybe someone brought you along to, to, to church this morning. You're so welcome. We're so glad you're here. Maybe you're here for the first time and you've never made a decision to invite Jesus into your heart. If you look around, so many people in this room have made that decision and it's been a game changer for us. And it can be a game changer for you. Maybe you're online. It could be a game changer for you as well. So uh, I'm gonna say some words. Just help me out. Repeat after me out aloud in a loud, passionate voice. And, um, and we'll pray for those who wanna make this decision. So come on. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you know me and love me completely. I know I've made mistakes and now I ask for your total forgiveness. I turn away from everything I know is wrong. Today I choose to put my faith in you and say yes to following you. Please come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Now, amen. Come on, just bow your heads, close your eyes. If that's you, you prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time, or you're coming back to the Father. You've been away, but this is your day. You're saying yes to Jesus. At the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to slip your hand in the air. Let me know that that's you. You're making a decision. Already a hand's gone up to my left. That's awesome. So ready, one, two, three, quickly. Slip your hand in the air. You're saying yes to Jesus. Awesome. Hey, that's powerful. Awesome, awesome. One, two, three, four, five. Awesome. Six, seven. Awesome. Anyone saying yes to Jesus on this side? Maybe for the first time, we're coming back to the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Quick scan of the room. You're saying yes to the Lord. Lift it high in case I miss you. If you're at the back, lift it high. Wave at me. Make sure I, I see you. Awesome. Well, Father, I thank you for these great hands that have gone up this morning. I thank you for decisions for you. Thank you maybe for returning to you. And uh, Father, just bring healing, bring transformation in this room today. Father, just speak to us, change us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church. Church.